In this episode of The Table of Content, Albert and I discuss episode two of the new series from We Are One Body Audio Theater's recent production, Misspelled, entitled Babel and the Beasts. Stay tuned. Welcome back to The Table of Content. My name is Michael, and I'm joined by my co-host, Albert. Albert, how are you today? Doing pretty good. Thanks. Great. Well, so today we're going to be talking about the second episode in this new series from We Are One Body Audio Theater entitled Misspelled, and the series has just started to play. This is the very second episode that's been broadcast, and it's entitled Babel and the Beast. And so if you haven't had a chance to listen to episode one, um, I'd strongly encourage you to, to to listen to episode one, and but however, we're just going to jump right into episode two. And spoiler alert if you haven't listened to episode two as well, so try to listen to episode two. Albert, do you want to sort of uh, set the scene of where episode two opens up? Sure. So uh, we pick up with the mage here in episode two as he's continuing to try to figure out who he is and he Mm. encounters uh, a a girl who uh, he can't really introduce himself to because he doesn't know who he is. So the little girl, because children are are really bright, you know, children really just, I I like children, right? Because they just sort of speak plainly. Yes. Uh, You ask, you know, I think uh, the example was, you know, if you ask uh, a child, how do you put an elephant into a refrigerator? They're going to say, we'll open the door and put the elephant in the refrigerator. You know, Right. They would give you a straight answer. Right. They give you a straight answer. You know, there's no need to try to overcomplicate it. So the little girl, uh, when, when she finds out that the mage doesn't know who he is, she says, you know, I bet my dog could help you. He's good at finding things. And the mage says, hey, that's a pretty good idea. So still at least remembering that he can cast spells, cast a spell to make the dog talk. And suddenly the dog can talk and the dog is just so excited uh, to be able to speak for the first time and just doesn't know what to do with himself. Uh, But instead of helping like the mage expects him to do, he ends up running off saying that he's got to go find the cat and takes off. Uh, So the mage decides, I'll try again. He tries a horse and basically a similar circumstance sort of happens again. The, uh, the, the horse takes off and the owner of the horse comes out and, uh, says, Hey, what's going on? And he says, well, you know, the horse took off and he finds that it was the mage's fault. And then the owner kind of gets mad. It's like, Hey, my horse, you know, you've got to bring my horse back and sort of treats the mage, uh, sort of cantankerously. And Mm. the mage says, you know what? You're being you're being really mean. And what does he do? Well, he casts another spell. And he he basically shrinks him to a small size. Uh, and that's sort of the that's where we realize, you know, what's kind of going on here that the mage, as we talked about in the last review, is maintaining some of his characteristics of being a little bit of a tough guy to sort of be around because of his attitude. Right. So the mage is continuing to along this path that we sort of introduced from the first episode review that 
he's got a bit of an attitude. And while he may not know who he is, he continues to be who he was in many ways. Um, But he's, he's still being somewhat selfish to a certain degree because he's really just trying to help himself without really consideration, right? Says, oh, well, I'm going to make the dog talk. And the dog runs off. And she's like, but my dog. And then he makes the horse talk and the horse takes off. And right. the man's like, well, my, my horse. My horse. You know? Right. And it's like, yeah, okay, well, I'm sorry it didn't work. And the man's rude to him. He's like, well, fine, then I'm going to shrink you. So he's right. really just, he's not being as considerate as he could be, regardless of the fact that, you know, he expected animals to be kind to him and not be rude to him. You know, the the mage in all of his sort of selfishness has, you know, made all the animals talk now. He's like, someone's going to help me, you know, and yeah. he gives no consideration to the consequences, much like he didn't give consideration in the first episode to the actions of breaking into Babiaga's house, casting a spell that he wasn't really sure about, being inconsiderate of the apprentice and pushing him around. And what happens? The consequences of your actions sort of come back to, to haunt you. So here we are. And he has done the same thing again to really sort of the detriment of at least the people around him. Mm. Right. He's a results-oriented individual with no sort of inkling about the consequences or the the respect for the human people or, or the animals that he's, you know, encountering. He's just like, let's get it done. Yeah. How are we going to do that? Oh, just make them all talk. <laughs> not realizing that at the moment he gave them all the ability to talk, he probably also gave them free will. And then they start choosing things for themselves and they decide, Hey, I don't like being under human masters. So we'll just go off and do our own thing. Well, you know, it, it's, it's, it's a fair statement and I, I won't dwell on the point, but to sort mm-hmm. of, we'll say the animals have been enslaved, right? All of their lives right. and they have sudden freedom. and. Mm-hmm. A gift such as true freedom in this instance, which was captured by the the spell of granting them a voice, a human right. voice or the ability to talk, you know, this newfound freedom. It's a it's a pretty big gift to have freedom. And I can't say it's completely surprising to me that the animals, because they're animals for one thing, sure. you know, uh, animals sort of run wild as it were uh mm. but it would it seems to make sense to be like well they're not really being rude um they're they're exercising their brand new freedoms i mean if you right. or i had been you know enslaved for 40 years and then suddenly had complete freedom just in an instant it might yeah. be a bit hard to to control you know so right. i want to give some credit to, to yeah. the animals you know i it might have been worse but i think they're perfectly in their right to want to run around and you know say things and be free and live their lives. Yeah. Good point. Good point. Yep. So, uh, so where do we go from here? So the mage is looking for answers, um, not getting them. So he just sort of does this blanket spell and makes all the animals talk. And so long story short, he ends up at the town council to find out the answers to his own questions. And then he sort of stumbles upon all the consequences of what he's caused. People are at the town council because of, you know, that the animals are 
you know, just sort of, like you were saying, discovering their newfound freedom. So he, he wants to talk with the mayor. He's like, perfect, let's go see the mayor. And then we cut to the the scene of the town council hall, the aftermath in the afternoon. The mayor is trying to keep order, but there's all sorts of chaos because of the people who are experiencing the problems caused unintentionally by the mage. You know, I, I, I don't necessarily want to promote chaos as a good thing mm. in general. However, from the standpoint mm. of a story, you know, they're in the, they're in the town council and, you know, all the, all of the people are there. They're all trying to talk to the mayor and you have all these different personalities sort of mm. wrapped up. They're all in one room. They're all kind of angry and they're all kind of talking. And it really does set itself up for a really good scene. You know, this is, uh, this is the, the second scene in episode two, uh, everything going on at the town council meeting. And there's a lot of entertaining personalities here, mm. uh, mm-hmm. just from the get go. You know, everyone voicing their opinions, their concerns, and it's captured very well in the uh, audio. So again, as Michael reminded you, if you haven't heard it, just stop, go back and listen to episode two. Uh, yeah. it, it's a really fun scene, uh, and it just kind of continues to get better as we go along. Uh, but as Michael said, so they're all they're all here, they're all voicing their concerns, they're all saying they're actually saying that you know it's an evil magus in town uh, mm. that has uh, made all of this happen. And no one knows what to do, basically. But, Mm -hmm. you know, here comes the mage. And he brings in the man that he shrunk down to size, uh, whose name is Jarvis, right? So he he comes in and we're we're sort of we're sort of introduced to more of the inner workings of the city and the people, because apparently Jarvis does have a bit of a problem with the way he deals with the people around him, because everyone's sort Mm. of poking fun at him. It, I really like the way that they worked with the audio. Really, just a marvelous, uh, a marvelous work of of audio engineering from the from the crew that worked on this because you know they've not just made Jarvis small from a words perspective, but they actually, if you listen, you know you can tell they sort of have made him sound like a small person. So it's it's really great. So please just go listen to it. Um, uh, one of the characters says, why Jarvis, you look different today. And then another one says, <laughs> you're right. Have you lost weight? And then, uh, of course, uh, one of the, I think, children says, you know, look like someone cut you down to size. Everyone's laughing at the expense right. of, of Jarvis. Right. So it's like the one thing that the mage has done that the people aren't necessarily disapproving of. Um, and then we get into the conversation, basically, where the mayor is like, hey, 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 you know, so everyone calm down, you know mage why why have you done this and he's like i just want to find out who i am and then well you got to fix all this and he's like no i'm not going to fix all 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 of this and again the mage not wanting to get involved sort of in the trail of destruction that he has left behind him he's just again sort of exercising his selfish qualities yeah so he's he's there and so he refuses to help so then the people are now faced with the new dilemma of how to interact with all these animals now who know how to talk you know and so uh, I think that's where you have a, a rather unique role uh Albert as well in the story if if I'm not mistaken yes do tell about my unique role in this story <laughs> you are the the voice of 
the uh, the Duke of Carabas, right? The the famous uh, Puss in Boots, and so there's a cat who enters into the council hall, and you know someone sh- shouts out, "Hey, that's my cat!" And they're like, "That's my 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 hat, and those are my boots." And so, uh, and the the cat who is wise, um, sagacious in you know temporal affairs. Uh, and you know is sort of acting as a liaison between the human mayor and the animals, and so um, he advocates for rights on behalf of the animals. And you know they're willing to help out and stay in the town, but they would like to do it on their own terms. And I think that's a fair fair assessment given the story. And. You know, and rightfully so. Again, this is yeah. th- this is a fantasy story. It, it's it's fiction, but sure. it's it's a noble point. Like, you know, if if we basically talk about the animals as if they're basically a different, you know, a different race, a different eth- ethnicity, you know, mm. hey, you know, just treat us fairly, treat us fairly, right. and we'll treat you fairly. We we want to be here. We want to live together. We want to be in harmony. And the cat's just trying to express that, saying, look, just just work with us, you know? And, you know, of course, the the people of the town are like, what? You you have, you know, you, you want restitution? You know, this is, this is insane. Right. You know, right. you're, you're animals. But to, to anyone who has been given freedom, you know, you, you would hope then to sort of be treated equally. You expect that your freedom comes with a sense of equality and that's all the animals are really looking for. Um, right. And so there's still sort of some chaos and the people are, you know, no, 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 we're not going to do this. And he says, well, you know, if you don't, you know, my animal friends, we're all going to be kind of upset. And so everyone's kind of worried and the mage is getting tired. And, uh, yeah. you know, so in spite of, some good resolution potentially starting between the animals and the people. We continue to see the mage sort of just disassociating himself from whatever it is that he caused. He's like, well, I'm, I'm going to take off again. You know, he, he helped the dwarves in Snow White, but he's like, well, I, all right, y'all deal with it on your own. And they figure out some sort of working schedule between themselves. And he takes off, mm-hmm. you know, I came right. in, he came into this town. Well, I'm going to make the animals talk, cause a lot of chaos. And now he's like, well, Y'all are going to deal with it. I, I'm, I'm going to leave. Uh, the right. only thing he does do is he does restore Jarvis to a, a normal size. So, you know, it's small and it's minuscule, but we see that he's not completely cold-hearted. You know, he, he has some consideration. You know, he's not a complete tyrant. Uh, and, and that's good because, again, it, right. it makes him human. And we know that, you know, at least so far, the mage isn't necessarily an evil guy. He might kind of be a bad guy a little bit, but at least he's not, you know, a complete, you know, destructive force as much as, you know, we may want to cast him in that light. Right. Yeah. He's not intentionally evil. It's just that his selfishness kind of gets in the way of just his ability to do more good. Yeah. Yeah. He's just, you know, like that scene right there where he, after he returns Jarvis to his side, he, his, his normal size or almost his normal size, I guess <laughs> he goes out and he just sort of sits down on a rock. And he's like, Oh, I've got a headache. You know, these people are, they're just crazy. 
And then he has that encounter with the dog at the very beginning. So this 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 episode sort of comes full circle with the the with the dog that he originally wanted to talk with. And so uh, he kind of takes the dog to task for not helping him from the get go. Um, but then uh, the dog and he have a conversation. And, you know, we have the, the mage and the dog talking, and we are now reintroduced again back to where we started in the beginning because, again, the dog is unaware of where the mage has been and what he's been up to, and the mage doesn't know what he was doing. But the dog says, hey, you know what you should do? There's a witch that ha- lived in a house on chicken legs, and she's in the woods. You know, the mage is, you know, witch? Chicken leg house? And say, hmm, maybe that's a good direction to go. So now he's on a, now his quest has some, some more purpose, not just to find out who he is, but like, well, I've got to find basically this witch in the chicken leg house and find my way. So off he goes on the rest of his, of his journey. And now we start to sort of head towards, you know, the, the bringing all of the points together. So we start here in episode two to, head back together to sort of bring, you know, some sort of resolution to the problem. But we're going to find out it's much bigger than just the mage needing to get his memory back. So, yeah, I think that really kind of closes us up on uh, episode two. But again, we're in a good position to, well, what's going to happen in episode three? What's coming up next? When, when, when are we going to see Baba Yaga? Are they going to get an actual chance to meet? You know, mm. and we're still wondering what about the apprentice? What happened to him? So we're still left with a lot of good sort of, I guess, cliffhangers. Right. Yeah. A lot of unanswered questions or the, the what is it? The, the tying of the knot. So if you haven't, I'd again, encourage you once again to listen to episode two of Misspelled from We Are One Body Audio Theater. Thank you, Albert. Oh, my pleasure. Glad to be here. We'll see you on the next time. Have a great day.